there was a party that my friends had up in Auckland that I, um, when I just moved away from Auckland, they wanted to Skype me into it. So they Skyped me in onto the big screen TV. My big fat face was on the big screen TV. And then also they like taped phones to different walls. So my face was everywhere in the house. Not only that, but I had multiple windows on my laptop where I could watch different parts of the party like I could see what's going on in the kitchen what's going on in the lounge yeah so it's like I had eyes and and I could talk to everywhere like I had eyes and ears everywhere in the party and I it was really strange it was like I was I felt like a disembodied spirit like they wouldn't pay me much attention but occasionally they would allude to me and like look at me um if I ever spoke they could all hear me like everyone would just stop and listen Um, but it just felt like I was in some sort of superior I don't know I felt like some ghost or something you know like like that's what it's like to not let go you know like <laughs> yeah yeah oh my god time to move on mate that's a fascinating yeah. social situation to be in wow wow I'm having so much so many thoughts about what that might evoke within you <laughs> like imagine if we could be live forever but to live forever we had to live like that like we were on computer hard drives <laughs> and so you had this weird half sort of I don't know if I could do it. Mm. Yeah. Did you feel a little bit like a security guard, like watching the party from all of these different Mm. angles? Yeah, it was weird being more than anything, just listening to their conversations. Mm. Yeah, I guess like a security guard because it was, I was listening, I could hear all their conversations, but there's no way I could take part in a proper way. So it was just me sort of, listening to conversations which we've talked about before yeah like like how we enjoy doing that but like I don't know it just felt really strange and it definitely changed how I saw how my friends of that group interacted because Mm. like when you're not in the banter and you're just listening to the banter you pick up on different things or you you like feel the different social cues or whatever and it's not as it's weird in a way like I, I don't know like I enjoy it sometimes but it definitely wasn't as fun, I think, Okay. as sort of being at a party. Like, imagine a podcast about parties, where it's just you listen to a party. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, man, I would still definitely do that. I think that would be fascinating to just watch. Because you could, you could watch, it would be great to record it and watch it from, like, different people's perspectives and experience the party through different people's eyes. Because you know oh. how... You know, sometimes at the party you'll try and have a conversation with these people and it's not quite working and then you'll move on to a different... Like, it would be so fascinating to just, like, watch that. I think parties are just awash with different social yeah. situations that don't happen in other places in our lives. And if you could somehow get crystal clear recording of each person, like lapel mics, mm. and then you could just jump into what each person's saying. Um, yeah. And the, Yeah, but yeah. also, like in a quantum way not affect as an observer not affect the system yep yeah man i just wish yeah. i want to do that like people have parties and everyone wears a microphone and then you go back and listen to like the party as experienced by different people and it would be so fascinating to kind of look at the because i wonder mm. if the same topic would kind of get talked about in various different conversations at the party like people might overhear a few words and then they get inspired to start a conversation based around what they've heard. Like, it would be... Do you know what I mean? Mm. Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, yeah, that would be cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. And it is kind of a bit like being a ghost, eh? You can sort of kind of communicate, but in this sort of imperfect way. Like, you can observe everything, but you can't really interact without you know it being awkward and like everyone stops their conversation and looks at the screen and has like a bit of a oh let's mm. talk to tim because he's here too i like, felt moment. i felt extremely discriminated against like you felt i felt i felt discriminated and judged <laughs> like this is this, like everyone's in a position of privilege but me they get to have bodies and <laughs> ah. judging me for not having one because <laughs> ah, in some ways you were like the guest of honor you were like blasted on all of these mm. tv screens around the party like oh it's dreadful. Oh. <laughs> I don't recommend it to anyone. <laughs> it's too much. Too much of me. <laughs> you don't need that much. Small doses. Um, uh, what have you been up to today? I've just been watching Doctor Who. Awesome. 
and like recording mm-hmm. commentary am i allowed to mention that yeah yeah of course you can mention anything ever um i was Ooh. yeah i've just been recording <laughs> recording um myself talk about the doctor who episode <laughs> while i watch them <laughs> it's awesome. kind of fun yeah i just i don't know why i'm just it's sort of it's quite self-serving <laughs> i guess so you know what you know what and like you know what like the most like where i could take this is just after like a few months we watched doctor who with my own commentary and so i don't have to think the thoughts <laughs> like it's like the most <laughs> ultimate lazy way to like you know like even more <laughs> Like zombie TV watching, like you're not even having to think about it because you're just saying it to yourself. <laughs> you're just listening. Oh wow, wow! Like, so like... I agree with that insight. <laughs> In afternoons where you're feeling particularly like productive and thoughtful, you just like watch something and record your thoughts so that later you could be lazy and you don't have to think. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so. This idea of like watching Doctor Who and recording commentary is that some weird thing that you thought up at like three o'clock this afternoon and have been doing ever since on a whim or did you plan it? <laughs> no, it's just that when you said like you just want to like be chilled out, I just thought oh I want to do some recording anyway because I'm all set up. So I thought I'd just start recording myself talking. <laughs> Doctor Who. I really wanted oh, to do something like awesome. that. So, I, I think it's definitely. I am alone sort of thing and how do I entertain myself while I'm alone mm. <laughs> um, but yeah I like that I like the idea of really recording your thoughts like, and then just listening to them because you're too lazy to have them like on a computer or something <laughs> but you have to be entirely honest you have to say like all your fears and your anxieties mm. and you have to, like all the negative thoughts you normally have like you record those and say them so you can <laughs> subject yourself to like a very realistic and externalized internal dialogue i don't know yeah no i i i love the idea of recording things like ever since i got this little dictaphone recorder thing i just like i carry it around with me everywhere because it makes me feel harriet the spy over here yes oh i i love that movie (laughs) i was kind of secretly wanted to be like a like a lot of people i guess yeah she was it was a sad movie that's what i remember like yeah yeah her nanny gets taken away from her and the nanny's like the one person who understands her because her parents are just like rich and don't really have time for her i think yeah that's right yeah so good that it exists because i'm sure that there are people who need to hear that story and people who just like the idea of listening in on conversations and spying on people as well like myself (laughs) but yeah i'm you know how i sent you that um, <laughs> I recorded my Friday afternoon for you <laughs> that I had with some friends. I just yeah, I still haven't listened to that. Uh, no, um, you don't. It might not be. Yeah, th- there were there were sparks of brilliance in amongst the three hours of like conversation. Oh. So if you don't listen to it, I wouldn't blame you at all. But I I find it so fascinating to go back and look at the part that I play in conversations. And the part that everyone plays in conversations, because I think you mentioned it before, that it's quite difficult to take stock of a conversation when you're in it, when you're thinking of the next thing to say, and you're thinking of things from different people's perspectives and things, and like to be able to just. Oh, where listen. were you? Where were you that? Where were you that afternoon? Like, what was the context? Was it a? Ah, we were just hanging out at um, a friend's apartment and talking oh, okay. about quantum physics mm-hmm. and alien life and dreams that we have and various other things (laughs) yeah Yeah. it was an awesome conversation i was so glad that i recorded it yeah yeah i I like it when you can like we can get to the point with friends where you're just sitting there saying nothing for ages and then occasionally someone is like oh but what about quantum physics (laughs) (laughs) yeah so the other thing that i've been kind of observing or that i'd like to look into is how conversations can switch from one topic to another like if you think about it with like six people in a room and you're constantly firing off ideas of what you could talk about and some of them you just as a group take hold of without even Mm. noticing and then that's the route that you go down like i want to know more about how that happens (laughs) yeah and it's interesting the whole natural segue versus false segue thing sometimes Mm. i think six people is enough people in a room for me to probably shut up if it's six people, I would probably get more from lurking than contributing. Mm. I would I'd save up my like 
social energy and then say one okay. really well put together um, like statement but yeah yeah not just sort of blab on yeah yeah definitely no it was really nice like we shared some really like personal things and like it was the kind of circle where you can just admit anything and we're admitting things that we normally don't admit to people and yeah it was a really special thing oh that's cool yeah yeah i don't know i've definitely had um the most sort of uh, up on the coast with my um, coasty friends the most longest conversations about nothing but also everything um, there's a forum I'm part of online where what, one of the sub forums is called e slash n which stands for everything nothing where it's like everything mm. to you is really can be seen as kind of nothing-ish to everyone else mm. um, but that can be really important for the individuals in the conversation to talk about stuff um no. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's this, you know, sometimes like sharing things means a lot to you. Just the fact that you're able mm. to share things and it doesn't have yeah. to be a big deal, but it's just the fact that you have shut up about it for so long mm. and you're finally able yeah. to like find people who will listen to this particular mm. thing. So, yeah, I mean, there is mm. a lot behind that because it's, you know, it's validating probably years of you questioning if it's normal or not. And <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, you just need that melody. But the, the problem with six or more people is that with that many people in a room and everybody's trying to contribute to the conversation, somebody's going to be wrong at some point, I feel. Humans are, like, we're all, like, the way our, way our psychology works is that, you know, everyone's got these different opinions on things, so somebody's going to feel like somebody else is wrong about something at some point. Mm -hmm. And then the question is, does it turn into a, um, a, a, a journey or like a discovery to see who's right or, like, a debate? Or mm. does you, or do you just sort of let it slide and it's just more about this is just like putting out the crap that we, you know, have in our minds and you don't really want to necessarily negotiate it or change it or judge it. Okay, yeah, yeah. I mean, there, there definitely are disagreements sometimes. Having said that, we're relatively similar, so I think that, like, we have enough in common that we want to nut out the things that we disagree with. It's yeah. not like, oh my god, I always disagree with this person. I can't believe how they live their life. It's more like, oh, that's really interesting that we have quite different perspectives on this and let's explore that further in a non-violent way. But um, what actually interests me when I was going back and listening is that um, quite often the part that I was playing in the conversation was um, sticking up for people who I thought were being ganged up upon, like even a little bit. Like... Yeah. In a friendly way, if it just sounded like it was one person having a particular opinion against other people who had a different opinion, I would always be kind of explaining um, the opinion that wasn't being shared and kind of trying to validate it. And that was like most of what I contributed. Um, that's cool, I guess. Yeah. If you feel like you're getting something out of it by doing that. Oh, um, I mean, I wasn't even aware that I do that. That was something I just noticed while listening oh, to that conversation again, was that like... You got all meta on it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I, I wasn't even aware at the time. I'm not aware that I do that when I'm talking to people. But you have yeah, a good heart. <laughs> so you weren't noticing. like purposely trying to be the valiant knight. You were just happened to... No, no, I think I just, yeah. I hate watching someone, you know, watching someone be like the only person with that perspective and have no one else who really understands it even if it's in a friendly way and then i you know normally i can understand different perspectives if then i shed some light on that particular one that's cool it's cool yeah yeah perhaps you see yourself as someone who can uh, emphasize em empathize and and understand what they're, they're saying also or perhaps you're more interested in doing that than you are um Combating or other uh, whatever else people get from having the conversation. Mm, yeah, well, I guess mm. with group conversations, yeah, like you said, you can't really contribute that much. No one person can contribute. But what you do get to hear is a wide variety of perspectives on whatever you're talking about. And I think I enjoy, you know, observing the people that I know, mm. thinking about their perspectives and how they've come to believe that. And yeah. My yeah. strategy in group conversations is that if it's 
say more than six people or about that number what will happen is that the attention will be passed around like a rugby ball and whoever's got it everyone's looking at them and listening to them so it's one person being the focus and there'll be certain people who enjoy that more and certain people who enjoy that less and some people will sort of end up having more and more of the attention or being one of the, one of the main participants so you might have two or three people chatting and everyone else is listening in a little bit more uh, or being more bit players um, at that stage my favorite like what I honestly think I do is that I like to be a bit player and just listen in a lot but then be a bit of a harsh critic <laughs> like I'll listen and I'll listen to these and I think in my mind what I do is I make the main participants of the conversation as the man or like the big guy that I need to take <laughs> down and so I'll listen to them and I'll like genuinely enjoy what they're saying and authentically but then at some point I'll chime in with like a smarmy comment or like some some devil's advocate mm. position um, or jumped on them when they're wrong a bit about something and then that will give me social like credence um, in that conversation oh. but it mean I, but I mean I won't have to put all the energy or have the responsibility of all that attention we'll just make it sound like I'm wise <laughs> yeah yeah well, in some ways I think this, I think the, the worst nature yeah yeah I think the worst nature of me does that I think that's my like a vice of mine in a conversation I'm not it's not, it's not like a, a malicious or was it Milavikarian whatever it is about it I just like I think the worst nature of me likes to do that but the better nature of me is just more of the, the guy who listens and nods even if I disagree and or just like really you know likes that or what I'll do is I'll ask take the attention and then direct t to someone who isn't naturally pushy and try to get them to open up oh um, yeah well, that's even more like, evil <laughs> that's not evil <laughs> well, like, if oh, they, what you said before if, was if they're okay, comfortable but... about it <laughs> you, don't, you don't direct yeah, the attention the of, of the six listeners onto someone who doesn't normally share without them you know, <laughs> wanting, showing signs of wanting to, <laughs> to open up. <laughs> yeah, that's evil person against shy people. Uh, Watch out, is, shy people. <laughs> yeah, oh my god, that's that's terrifying. You know, we, we're like the opposite. Like, our... Uh, Six-person group conversation strategies are exact opposites. Like, I would not have expected that. <laughs> and I feel like I, I would expect me to be the evil one and you to not be evil. I'm, I'm so evil. <laughs> oh, my God. No, I'm not entirely evil. <laughs> no, I don't know. I was at a party a few nights ago, and I haven't been to many parties in Wellington, so this was really cool. Yeah. Um... Well, I really it was like a psychology party. A lot of psychology people there. My tutor was there actually, which was quite funny. Um, and some there was a guy I was talking to, and he accidentally like coughed out red wine all over me, all over the guy next to me, and all over these people like facing away. And there's just red wine on all of our clothes, and it was just so funny because me and this other guy who was got red wine on him just started ripping on him, but not like in a mean way, just in a like, ah, oh, dude. We have definitely been in your position. It must like <laughs> we feel, we feel the terribleness you feel, and like he was such a nice guy who did it. Um, and we just kind of riffed on the whole idea of if you had done this to douchebags or you know these more bro type guys, they would have not been happy. <laughs> but we just <laughs> turned it into something that we just laughed about. It was really funny actually. <laughs> yeah, I mean I think things like that are a godsend at parties. Like if I. <laughs> Yeah. If I spilt wine on people, I would actually, I think, secretly be proud of myself for creating that <laughs> whole interaction. I'm, I'm the evil one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whoops. Like, there's a part of me that would feel really, really bad. But, like, yeah. well, like, if it's one person, you kind of feel bad because this one person has wine all over them. But if it's multiple yeah. people, it's like, well, I just kind of brought those people together. And I think uh, I may yeah. have improved their night <laughs> rather than as long as it doesn't stain. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah. What else have you been up to today? You've just been chilling out. Yeah, I hung out with some friends and cool. ate some ice cream. Which what, flavor? Nice. what flavor? What flavor? Mm. <laughs> um, what do you think? Um, that's a good question. Not hokey pokey. No. Because you've had enough of that. It was Ponzi ice cream. 
We went to Parnell. Oh, God. Okay. Um, did you go to that chocolate place? No, Movenpack. Okay. Movenpack. Okay, if it's Movenpack and Parnell, you must have gone for lime sorbet. Is that a uh, nice room? You get two lime. choices because they had two scoops. So one is lime sorbet and... No way. Did I get it right? No, you didn't. Oh. But I wasn't going to tell you that until after you made your second guess. <laughs> okay, um so... like, I don't wanna <laughs> hate this game. Okay. Well, strawberry and chocolate. Okay. Wow. You're you're very off, I have to say. Mm. We haven't eaten enough ice cream together. In fact, we have. You know you know the type of ice cream that I like because you've seen me oh, eating yeah, it. Oh yeah, that's right. And probably was a really good what one. was a scary way. <laughs> I remember that one. It was in my fridge for ages. Um <laughs> Mango, was it? No, no. I <laughs> we should probably explain for our listeners. Um <laughs> me and Tim and another friend went to a beach and we had this fantastic idea of buying three whole tubs of ice cream. I'm the other friend. Okay. And sorry. then worked out that actually yeah, this wasn't Tim wasn't involved in this. This was me and the other friend and we thought we were being geniuses because it would be much cheaper than going to an ice cream shop. But then we ended up with these three massive tubs of ice cream for three people <laughs> and spoons sitting in the beach with no fridge in sight and we <laughs> proceeded to eat like most of it <laughs> that's right and I that was that ginger nut ice cream which is like the one type of ice cream where i can seriously eat a whole packet oh that's right ginger nut why did yeah. i think mango did we have some that sort of was, mango? No, that was what our friend was raving about. But I was I was probably not doing so much raving, more just like shoveling it into my mouth before it melted. Uh, <laughs> so what's the ice cream you had today? It wasn't chocolate, strawberry. Was Ooh, I was had it? blueberry cheesecake and banana. Banana? Yeah. Banana is an obscure flavour of ice cream. Yeah, it was cheap. It's like about it. And yeah. banana's great. Yeah. I, bet, I bet ice cream, banana ice cream is actually very cheap to make, but for whatever reason, you don't see it much. It's mm. like flipping um, um, when you get, um, like, buy smoothies and that sort of thing, like packaged smoothie, smoothies at the supermarket, and you look at the ingredients, or, t- okay, just like juice, and the ingredients is always at least 50% apple, because apple must be so cheap mm. to put into juice, and then you can just put a bit of berry or something and then say it's a berry flavour. But um, everything's apple, is what I'm trying to say. Everything. Yeah. In the universe. Everything. Very wise. <laughs> uh, um, I've been working on this board game today, and I thought you'd mm. like the premise. Here's the premise. To win. Oh wait. Go back a page. Oh yeah. Be an animal. Wandering on an alien planet, outfox your friends and find your soulmate. Uh, find your soulmate. Build a neat caravan home to journey in. And the whole premise is that you're all different animals, wandering around an alien planet where there's no wildlife, and you're the only animals on the planet, and you have to try to find each other because you're so far apart from each other. And that's the game. And then you build a caravan. Yeah, and so sort of part of the. Instead of victory points, you get the little cards that add to a caravan. You can build your own caravan up. So I love car- it. Yeah, I it's thought you'd love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's real. It's real cute. That it's really like so amazingly cute. cute. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cute. That's like, that's the world that I want to live in. Like yeah. that. That's what my mind looks like. <laughs> We're all these quirky animals, and we're looking for the other quirky animals that we get along with, and then mm. we like build caravans and wander through the world together. Oh my god! Yes. <laughs> yeah, uh, I thought you'd really enjoy it. Out of the yeah. themes I do, I thought this theme would be very much like what you would enjoy. And the whole game is just—I mean, the whole caravan thing is just a substitute for victory points. But I think the theme's pretty cool. Um, you're just—you have these—you have a, a few cards in front of you, and the cards sort of symbolize where you are on the planet so they are different landmarks one might be like a jungle or an ocean or some unique landmark like a ancient temple and there's three of them in front of you and everyone else has landmarks in front of them too and when their landmarks are the same as your landmarks it means you're in the same place because you're seeing the same things around you oh. and that means you've found each other 
Yeah. So you're oh, trying wow. to get the same cards as another player. Um, wow. But there's, that... a, there's a couple twists, but that's the that's the main game mechanic. Okay. That sounds like a lot... Oh, that sounds a lot like that short story that we discussed, like, ages ago. Do you remember? Oh, the one where there's, like, it's like a trial in, like, some future civilization, and it's like, they drop two people off on a planet, a small planet, and then they have to find each other. Mm, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, I think it's based from that. Yeah. Oh, that's nice, because I, I, I'm kind of... I might be giving myself too much credit, but it, it seems a bit like it stemmed from that discussion that we had about it because we were mm. talking about like um, telling the story from different people, from like both people's perspectives, and you're never quite sure if they're in the same place or not. Mm. And you're kind of watching these individual people try and find each other, but they have no idea where to look and they don't know how close they are to each other. And so, as a reader, you don't know either. You can just know from like mm. the landmarks that they're passing through. Mm, yes, yes, I remember now. Yeah. yeah, definitely build from that. Cool. Yeah. Yay, I'm so glad that you did that with it. Yeah. <laughs> you That's know, cool. speaking of, like, finding your people and starting a caravan thing, can I can I tell you about dung beetles? Have mm. I ever told you about dung beetles? There are these mm, no. amazing YouTube videos that are hilarious, and they're called, like, True Facts About dot 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 and then different animals and there's one on dung beetles and it's just like the most romantic thing ever <laughs> so like the female dung beetles to choose a mate and all of the male dung beetles have to amass this big pile of shit and then so based on the piles of shit the females choose like the shit that they like and then they make the shit into a big ball and the female kind of climbs onto it and holds on and the male like pushes the ball along with his hind legs and then so basically they just roll off into the sunset on this ball of shit until they find like a nice place to stop and then they bury it and like that's where they put the eggs and that's where their babies come out of <laughs> and I was telling this to my colleagues and they were like and then like one of them who I love was like well yeah that's like a metaphor for life like you're just looking for someone who will deal with your shit and be like yeah I see your shit and I will help you push your shit across the desert <laughs> where eventually we will bury it and that will bury our shit together and yes. that shit will be where the children come from just oh my shit. god <laughs> that's a whole nother level I hadn't even oh man I love it because every time I tell someone this story like they see a different part in it but I think it's really like oh it's a metaphor for life I'm sure mm. <laughs> in some mm. ways mm. Mm, it is good it's a good one to tell at a wedding <laughs> yeah for sure mm. Wow, that's a whole, like, social scene that I haven't even had to navigate yet. I'm sure, like... What, telling stories at weddings? Yeah, yeah, like, I, I have no sense of what is appropriate and in inappropriate at a wedding, and I'll probably have to go to about ten weddings in my life until I get it right. Yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> have you not been to many? No, no. Like, I mean, one when I was a kid. Um... Uh. I suppose my own that randomly happened in Denmark oh, <laughs> two weeks after I decided that it podcast. would. Um, other than that, not really. <laughs> okay. Even um, that one felt pretty awkward. <laughs> <laughs> we should save that for another podcast. <laughs> the story of my yeah last minute marriage to have a visa yeah yeah, yeah we, can, we can tell that story <laughs> how many people know that you are like you went through that is I, that something I don't, you tell people or i don't make a point of telling it but mm. sometimes it just comes out and then they look at me in like a shocked way because like I'm single, we should say that for all the listeners. So, like, people meet me as, like, a single person and then at some point I make a joke about having married someone in the past or being married or, like, <laughs> I should really get a divorce sometime and then people are like, what? <laughs> what the hell? You're married? Like... Yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, it's definitely a what the... I think that's what I said when you told me. <laughs> I just couldn't believe it. Yeah, actually, someone in Wellington made a status update recently about how they're about to be deported soon back to America, and they wish to stay here. Will anyone marry them? And I seriously considered it, but only mm. because you had been through some similar ordeal. <laughs> Only because I was, like, on the receiving end of that yeah. <laughs> situation. Yeah. I think yeah. marriages are fine. I think you've done most of what a marriage constitutes through other social events. Uh, it's mostly just alternating between sitting back and enjoying yourself with your friends and then also just trying to manage your crap, just trying to manage the logistics or responsibility or where you're meant to stand or what you're meant to help out with. Um, like, you're sort of, like organizing a party or you're like just preparing for a, uh, some sort of 21st or something in the early evening with your friends so you're kind of alternating between those two states like oh you need to stand over here for this photo oh you need to do that you need to move these flowers over here or something so you're just sort of logistics plus chilling and i'm sure you've done both of those a lot so there's nothing mm. there's, i don't think there's any special like you know i mean it's nice to put like a specialness to it but there's no real special ingredient I think that you you haven't experienced already you know mm, we'll see we'll see maybe I mean maybe the one one is the like just awkward moments like just the awkward social moments of your drunk relative like hitting on your friend or you know or just like some <laughs> sort of a bit of terribleness like that but apart from that you know it's it's pretty much just chill it was weird getting, going to a wedding recently where I suddenly felt like I was of the generation that was organising it and, you know, mm. most of the people there and everything. It just suddenly felt like a 21st or some young person's silly party. Not silly party, but like more, oh, this is just us doing it, you know. Whereas my whole life going to weddings, it's always been the adults in an adult world. Like yeah. an official, it, it felt very official. It felt, or it felt like very... Um, intense but then you kind of when you're running it it doesn't feel so <laughs> professional I guess I've been to many weddings I've been to maybe 20 weddings Whoa. In my life, maybe. Yeah. you Christian <laughs> yeah definitely backgrounding that's a thing to <laughs> yeah. um, but like and then my friend who's only been to one wedding before was sitting next to me as another groomsman at a recent wedding of my friends and he was terrible at it he was doing all the wrong things he was saying all the most inappropriate things to say in a mm. wedding with friends like his in like his partner wanted to leave the wedding um early and he was a groomsman and he goes up to the groom and he's like hey can we let's like bounce early because like my partner's you know he's getting a bit becoming a bit bored or something i don't know and then it's like, dude, you don't leave the wed you don't leave the reception super early <laughs> when you're the groomsman just because you're gonna like you think you just leave whenever like it's some sort of little party, you know, like you've got responsibilities. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but see like weddings kind of are the structured social situation and I think that's the kind of thing that I can imagine not agreeing with me, like <laughs> I tend yeah. to socialize in like an offbeat way at the best mm. of times and when it's kind of formal and structured I think this is probably something that you understand from your 20 mm. weddings and can't imagine not understanding like as a grooms if you're part of the wedding party you'll sort of have these obligations that you're signed up for I feel or these expectations that you have signed up for explicitly such as like the groomsmen were meant to be packing down the wedding like we were meant to mm -hmm. help or we weren't meant to really pack down but there was no one else to do it like we were just you know like it was just us yeah. so like why would you leave that early you know your friends just got married and you're packing down I don't know like why would you not want to I guess mm. yeah who knows these girlfriends who get bored you know you don't really want them giving you angry eyes all evening you can't enjoy yourself either yeah. <laughs> uh. Oh, I got too many books. I thought today I'd read all day, um, but I just watched Doctor Who all day. But that's okay. It's kind of like what you're saying about how you don't 
want to push yourself to be quote-unquote productive like for me reading would have been the productive thing yeah but I'm glad I didn't do that I don't want to live in the now <laughs> I don't want to live so intensely that I have to you know live in an optimized now I just want to sometimes have days where I watch Doctor Who yeah we need that eh I think we need a lot of downtime Especially if you want to be thinking about things and having ideas. Yeah. The downtime is from when, from where the ideas come. And I, I have to learn that because I often don't allow myself downtime. I'm like, oh man, I've just been like reading and hardly taking anything in all day. And mm. I haven't had any original thoughts or written any lines of songs that I'm never going to write the rest of. Like, this is a horrible day. And <laughs> what am I doing? But like, yeah, I just have to allow that. Mm. And remember that, you know, every good idea I've ever had has just come out of nowhere. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And will come in passing anyway. You don't focus on it. When I sit down to try to write, make a board game or write a, you know, a crappy poem or something, I, um, I, it won't work. I have to sort of get into it sideways. I have to trick it. Um, mm. or, or be, in, be in, have the idea while they're doing something else and then eventually write it down. Um. Yeah. 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 That's an interesting insight that you like. Yeah, you just cannot trust that. You can't trick yourself into having ideas. You do like they come sideways. Yeah. They don't come head on, and they don't come when you're expecting it. I think it's like if your mind is all stressed all the time, you won't have good ideas. I think you have to. Mm. You have to really nurture and look after yourself. Um, and that's why video games are cool because they are they're just like such an action which is saying I can uh, I'm doing exactly what a kid would do I, I'm just this is just fun for its own sake and that's mm, that yeah. and when I find myself unable to play video games then I know I'm too stressed out or I'm too focused on trying to live this weird productive optimized life rather than just flip and chill out yeah, yeah, it's it's so interesting that, like, I mean, we have our particular brand of productivity, which is, I think, being creative, and I think it's really interesting, the idea that creativity is the same thing as playing, like, pretty much the same thing, and if you're just playing around with things, that's when you have the ideas, mm. and that really we should think of play as the goal of our life, and maybe creativity mm. is just the byproduct, but mm. it's so easy to think of it the other way around mm. yeah I'm glad that you're also someone who you work to get money to survive to then create or play rather than work to survive which is I guess what we should all do and it's okay to just do that but you know if you have to I guess but the luxury comes or like the spice of life comes when you get to then play or just muck around or experiment or create rather than just consume um yeah i just i, I never it's funny because growing up i never thought of myself as a creative person or like a musician or an artist or anything like mm. that but now i just need to create to survive even if no one observes it or even if you know it doesn't take up as long as um as long as i'm creating that's kind of my meaning for life i think yeah. yeah 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 we all have different like meanings for our lives i think and just oh which makes really me so talk about it yeah yeah or don't talk about it to other people don't think about it in ourselves yeah what were you gonna say oh uh, no, it's just a crap about um <laughs> um just um uh, there's a flipping online debate that i got involved with and i regret it like a facebook uh, status message debate you know those ones where everyone writes a paragraph and it's like really long and uh, yeah I know them on reddit <laughs> yeah, have you never seen them on facebook they give... I don't really read uh, more than a few lines of anything that's on facebook That's a good. is, is it one that you posted or someone else oh someone else there's a guy who's like a real his wall's a real flashpoint because he's Half of his friends are fundamentalist Christians, and half of his friends are liberal Christians, and then a few mm. of us would not consider ourselves 
any of that are also I cannot like because I'm his friend I can also see see this like this this crap storm just develop every time he does a link and he does it on purpose like he does a provocative um, mm. he also identifies as a LGBT Christian so he's sort of with the recent tragedy in America he's doing all these links to all this stuff and there's so many people like just going at it real hard on his statuses. And it's just dumb, it's just, I mean, XKCD riffed on it years ago, it's just stupid internet arguing. Um, but I said one comment, because I was so riled up, and I regret it now, but um, I was just so annoyed. Some of the opinions were just so terrible. <laughs> oh. Hmm. There was quite an interesting TED Talk that someone showed me this week, this weekend actually. Um, it was by a guy called Jonathan Haidt. I don't know how to say his last name. It looked German. But he kind of said, he was talking about liberals and conservatives in America. And he said, you know, the people who watch TED Talks are the more liberal people, the people who are trying to build a better world. And then there are the people who we kind of perceive as the enemy and people who want things to stay the same or they like the system the way that it is and stuff. And he, his thing was that it shouldn't be us versus them because both sides think that they're right and then he kind of outlined this moral theory for like how we build our morals and how we build our perspectives and kind of explained how they arrive at their opinion and that it's just as valid as how we you know arrive at our opinion and then his his point in the end was that often um liberals and conservatives kind of need each other like in a society it's roughly half and half and that that's kind of like that's a useful split because there will always be people who are kind of challenging the system and there also need to be people who are kind of supporting it as well and like we need both personality traits or both viewpoints i forgot what else he said but yeah it was interesting like his his theory on how we arrive at our different perspectives and everyone thinks that they're right and it is just totally reasonable if you look at it yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Um, and there's points there. I think. I'll send you the link to it. <laughs> I, I can't actually explain it. I yeah. I have. I have strong. I have. I think I've got strong opinions on TED Talks, and I have strong opinions on, not strong, but I have. I've. I'm coming to just sort of, these making these. Con I think I'm making my own conclusions about the whole liberal versus conservative going on. Mm. A lot of it's identity politics, you know, so you've got people who have joined a team mm. and are rah, 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 our team and versus your team yeah. on both sides. And it's a lot of it's just noise. I mean, when it comes down to that, I feel anything from that is a lot of it's noise, you know. I think it doesn't... <laughs> you can point out everything wrong. Okay, one of my... One of like these one of the conclusions I'm reaching is that you can point out everything that's wrong with everything, like everything is messed up, everything is wrong, and everything has negative sides to it, um, everything ever, I think, and so from a conservative pers conservative's perspective, you just have these like nitpickers who are pointing out that everything's wrong all the time, and that's. And any solution that they're offering will just also have things wrong with it so you kind of aren't fixing it by just changing it you know like you're not that isn't gonna sometimes it might be better just to do whatever's being done better or more rather than try to just rehaul it all the time that's from a conservative's perspective that mm. so and I think the the point of that I agree to the extent of that I agree with is that there is a lot wrong with everything all the time to the point where civilization is like a chaotic system that we can't predict we can't predict the outcome of actions like, I mean look at I don't know like the Iraq war right so it was a bad idea a lot of people said and lo and behold it appears it was a bad idea because you had the power vacuum and then you had flipping ISIS and so it's kind of this whole like, I told you so you know mm. um, but it's like Ellen Watts's 
interpretation of the Chinese parable, Chinese parable of the Chinese farmer, where just because things were like just with cause and effect, just because a bad thing has led to a bad thing, doesn't mean it might not lead to a good thing. You know, like I think mm. the whole system is just so chaotic that we can't point to any stage in the cause and effect and be like, there, see what you did to lead up to this was bad, because. Uh, even if you tried to do everything right, it could still lead to a bad thing. And then suddenly you don't blame them. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I just think it's all way too complicated for anyone. <laughs> you know, like I don't think anyone I don't think human minds are much capable of being able to just handle that. And we all have opinions and everyone has all these identity politics and all this crap that it's almost just like a gamble like it's like a sports game like it's just like a russian roulette table you know like you're not a russian roulette table roulette table like you're not really um it's like humans looking at random patterns and random outcomes and 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 seeing patterns and randomness you know mm. yeah. yeah so i like to think that it's possible to agree on a common goal yeah, you know, absolutely. It might never happen. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I think, you know, like the main problem, or like a big problem with that now is that we are evaluating everything that happens according to really different frameworks. And at least if we kind of work towards having a common lens, then we can look at the problem together and see similar things rather than just chaos. Maybe that's something to work towards, even if it's not ever possible. You mean like a common worldview? Um, a common view of how things should be, mm. and then you can work out how to work towards it. Yeah, but there's no way would no way would come up with a common utopia because humans have different, different ideas on that, you know. Yeah. Unfortunately, oh, wow. <laughs> I'm such a pessimist. Uh, <laughs> Man, I'm way too tired to be having this discussion. <laughs> no, you're just tired enough to but be having this discussion. One thing I do. <laughs> want to talk about sometime is human nature yeah. and different like perspectives on that and yeah that would be cool okay cool it's funny because it's funny you say you're too tired to have this because in my mind the more tired i am and i am tired the more i enjoy this sort of conversation because then i can like almost be uninhibited and just like say a lot of crap and uh. there's no like <laughs> you know like I'm not, I'm just, I'm being like not careful, in like a good way. Like I'm just talking crap, like a half asleep, delirious. <laughs> maybe. I guess like, if you're half asleep and you're delirious, you're in a space where you can just express your thoughts and get your thoughts out, but you're also not in a space to follow anyone else's. Oh. <laughs> and I think that's that's what you know <laughs> this is a case where we have different frameworks that we're evaluating this conversation on <laughs> and mine is like how well i can respond to yours and it's not very well at the moment <laughs> that's okay but i mean like if you just went on and raved for a while i would not mind listening to that like even if i can't follow it along like i don't like it's fine like it's just nice to sort of but there's no po i can rave to my wall like <laughs> you should rave you should rave it would be as as much <laughs> I do. I spend a huge amount of time raving to myself because I don't really, <laughs> I don't feel the need to make anyone else listen to it. Well, you should rave <laughs> out of, you should rave on this recording. You should rave like out late. That's the interesting thing, I reckon. Oh, I do. Yes. So I, I find little, I have little mini raves. Like I rave to myself and I sort out how I feel. And then like sometimes in this podcast, I like slip little things in. And there, there will be a space for everything. I'm convinced. Yeah, see, I'm more loose. I just don't mind saying anything at all, at, you know, complete out of context, just like thrown around. I just don't care. Like, it's just, it's fine. I'm not even <laughs> considering the quality of it, you know. I don't think, I don't think it matters, to be honest. I think it's fine. Yeah, I mean that's just that's my personality anyway. That's not just my approach to this, but my I'm I'm to I'm, everything. I'm really inspired by some outsider artist ethos, which is just you do everything and you just do anything, and that's fine. And there's no 
there shouldn't be sort of a standard because it's not up to it's not up to us to judge what that standard should be like a conversation or whatever yeah yeah in some ways art is a misleading word like what we're doing here is sharing like it's kind of having our ideas and creativity and then basically just sharing and i think yeah there's no limit to however much how much you can do that i think all of it's actually good in some ways yeah even if there's just like one other person in the world who's listening to it being like yeah obviously yeah. if no one listens to it like uh, like at the end of the day mm. if it's been recorded and put online and it stays online in a hundred years time someone might find it and find it kind of weird or fascinating and that's <laughs> in the pot of this and then even if there's like a slim possibility of that that's enough for me to yap on about nothing i don't think there's any yeah i don't know i think in the past with my creating i've always been very trying to people please or try to create what people like but Mm. Ah, I don't I really want to do that anymore. I kind of want to create yeah. what I like quite selfishly and just yeah. for me and not care what anyone thinks because I think that's mm. you're never going to do anything cool if you're doing it if you're trying to be like someone else or trying to hold it up to a standard or you have an image and then you try to aspire to that image because you'll always fall short. You should just not have a goal. <laughs> mm. Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's very good that you're doing that yeah yeah mm. cool well have you are you are you, are you out of juice <laughs> have i tapped you out i'm so out of yeah. juice right now <laughs> i forgot to tell you i'm i'm actually in my pajamas nice. this is the first time that i've been in my pajamas <laughs> yeah authenticity uh, so now yeah i'm just gonna like stand up get off the floor and move into bed and like read in bed lovely. and make notes on what I'm reading and be awesome and happy. I'm going to <laughs> watch some Doctor Who and keep my commentary going because I have got a lot more juice in the tank. Alright, good night. <laughs> good night.